This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what's the first thing you would do? Get outside more? Check in on that friend you've been meaning to catch up with? Maybe learn how to play an instrument? I know I've thought about what I would do with more time in my day, and many people daydream about what they might do in that scenario. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your actual schedule is to know what's important to you and take whatever reasonable steps you can to make those things more of a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major traumas. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire that will match you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the initial plans of the DCU reboot. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writer Ryan Scott. Hey, hey, everyone. How's it going? So uh, <laughs> it's funny. A lot of news came out yesterday, Ryan, as as we as you predicted. Um, I was actually on the Warner Brothers studio lot. I was uh, doing one of the tours that they do there. They do like, um, you know, if you come visit L.A. or or you just live in L.A. and you want to go on a tour of the movie studio. I was doing a tour of the lot and I, I actually saw David Zasloff as part of the tour. You eat in the uh the commissary. I actually saw him in the commissary, but um, so I missed a lot of this news. You were on, you were at uh, the news desk writing a I lot was. of this up. Yeah, um, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, and as we had sort of talked about uh, James Gunn had been teasing. So again, just a very briefest catch up here uh, as of November of last year, James Gunn, the director of guardians of the galaxy and the suicide squad and Peter Saffron, a famed producer of things such as the conjuring universe and some other stuff. Uh, they are now the co-heads of DC Studios. So they are running the ship over there and they are uh, they have been prepping what the new slate, which will cover the next, I think they've said the next 10 to 15 years of, of you know, DC filmmaking across, uh, you know, movies, TV and even gaming. Um, so uh, what they announced yesterday was the first chunk of the first chapter 
Uh, so this isn't even all of it, but they announced 10 projects, five movies, five TV shows that are the first chunk of things that they've announced. Um, and it's a, it's a crazy mix of stuff and, and it's a lot to take in and any one of these projects could warrant an incredible amount of discussion. So we're going to do our best to sort of go through each one, you know, and then sort of what already exists on the DC slate, how that's affected the, you know, there's a lot to discuss, but, but, uh, cause, cause aside from there's like a five minute video that was released by DC of James Gunn breaking this stuff down. But there was also a big press event that Slash Film attended where James Gunn and Peter Safran talked more at length about a lot of these things. So on SlashFilm.com, it goes without saying, you can go through, look at all of the coverage. We have very extensive coverage of all of these and much more than just the video that was released. So keep that in mind. But Oh, yeah, I know. I yeah. just spent um, the last couple hours parsing through our coverage. I think we have probably over 20 articles. There's thirty. Or, there's more than thirty. I know that thirty. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, well, and again, because you have not only the ten projects, but you have a lot of you know, Gunn and Saffron had a lot to say, and and some very you know, a lot of meat on the bone. They didn't hold back. Um. You know. So there. The, yeah. There was much to be discussed. Okay. I guess let's start with the movies. Let's start uh, exciting. Uh, sure. We, yeah. We, ha we had been teased with James Gunn writing a Superman movie. We now know that that's named Superman legacy and it's coming out July 11th, 2025. But what do we know about this? So, um, this is kind of what, so even though there will be, um, I, uh, we can talk about it later, but there'll probably be a show or two that comes out before this. Um, this will be the real true starting point of the new DCU. Um, as James Gunn called it the launch point. Um, and there will be a new Superman cast. This will not be Henry Cavill. Uh, there is no word on a director yet. Gunn may direct it. Who knows? But no deals have been made. Uh, from Peter Saffron, he said, uh, you know, legacy focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Uh, Superman represents truth, justice in the American way. He is kindness in the world that thinks of kindness as old fashioned. Um, so, you know, that's uh, it's not an origin story. Um, it's not Superboy, uh, it, but it will focus on an earlier part of Superman's life. So it almost, again, I'm not, I don't want to speak for them. It almost sounds like what they did with the Batman, which is where, okay, maybe you come in, you know, in the earlier part of the hero's career, but not necessarily as an origin story. Yeah, um, it, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the, what they said about this movie doesn't really tell us anything. <laughs> Well, you know, they, and I think, yeah, they also I think said it, that like it, they want to get away from the good guy versus bad guy and, uh, you know, that there's going to be more uh, shades of gray that he's going to be going against. It's going to be a more complex story. There's a quote from uh, Gunn that he says, I, I really love the idea of Superman. He's a big galoot. Uh, he's a farm boy from Kansas who's very idealistic. His greatest weakness is that he'll never kill anybody. He doesn't want to hurt a living soul. I like that at sort of an intimate got goodness about Superman. It's his defining characteristic. He's not all-star Superman, but again, I'm a huge fan of all-star Superman and I'm very inspired by that series. So I don't know. I, I feel like if I get anything out of this, Ryan is uh, this is not going to be Zack Snyder Superman. <laughs> no, no, I do think that's pretty clear. Um, so you know you got and, and not not in it that it's going to be Henry Cavill, but like the you know he'll ne he doesn't want to like his greatest weakness is that he'll never kill anybody. He doesn't want to hurt a living soul. I feel like is the complete opposite of Zack Snyder Superman. 
Uh, it very much is. And, you know, for better or for worse, that, that'll be yet to be determined. But but I do think this is a version of Superman people have been calling for for a while. And, you know, um, so we'll see. I mean, different isn't bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, I mean, we got a lot to get through. So, you know, that's 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 but that's a big inflection point here. So you want to move on? Yeah, that's the only one with the release date. The other ones don't have release dates, but I'm guessing we're going to start to see Save for the them. Batman 2 did get a release date, and the Batman oh, yeah. is now called the Batman Part 2, um, and that will be in October of 2025. Yes. I'm guessing the third one's going to be called the Batman Part 3. Probably, I guess, if they're going to. And then the only <laughs> other thing it should be mentioned, we'll get to this, but uh, it has been confirmed that Robert Pattinson's Batman is not going to be the Batman of this universe. We'll get to where that's coming in in a bit, but uh, uh, next up on the list, we have Supergirl woman of tomorrow. Uh, what's interesting about this is this is based on a relatively recent uh, book from DC comics by um, uh, acclaimed writer, Tom King. Uh, and this came out in 2022 and, and this uh, movie figures to be based on that comic. And what's interesting is Tom King writer of vision uh and mr miracle both uh, eisner award-winning comic runs as well as a massive massive acclaimed batman run um he was actually in the room helping to craft these new stories so there were a handful of writers and tom king was one of them um but yeah so so we were going to get a supergirl movie and uh there's no word yet on if this is going to be sasha cal who's playing supergirl in the flash movie um but you know uh yeah we'll see um uh, uh, yeah, but, uh, one of the interesting things is that, um, uh, one of the quotes here is that, uh, Supergirl is a much harsher and much more fucked up than Superman who was raised on earth with the Kents as loving parents. Uh, so Supergirl is a bit, um, and cause she spent her first 14 years of her life watching everyone around her die after Krypton exploded. Um, you know, she, she, uh, she was trapped on a piece of Krypton. So there's like a dark origin story for Supergirl here. And, and so, you know, this is, this seems like if, if Superman is going to be bright and happy, Supergirl might be the dark one here. <laughs> it's funny because, well, first of all, I don't know anything about this comic book run. I have, I've not read any Supergirl, uh, but you'd think everything I expected from what Gunn had planned, it's been kind of mostly wrong. <laughs> Uh, you know, I expected everything to be kind of like the opposite of what we saw from the Zack Snyder's DCU and everything kind of be more upbeat. But this seems, you know, calling it a harsher, more messed up hero than Superman. It, it seems like it, it's not exactly what I expected. It's what you expected from from this. No, but I also think that it's sort of, uh, there was a quote, I can't, I don't know where it's at right now, but Gunn sort of talked about, you know, he was asked about superhero fatigue and he talked a lot about like, yeah, it's a real thing, but you, that means you got to make different, interesting stories and you can't do the same thing over and over again. So I think the notion of sort of, you can't have Supergirl just be a mirror of Superman. You have to have them be different, unique characters. And, you know, I think this is absolutely a way to do that. Uh, the one thing I do know is that this run, by Tom King was very acclaimed. Um, yeah. You know, Tom King is, I mean, the stuff I've read of Tom King, like particularly Vision and Mr. Miracle, it's about as good as the medium of comics is is capable of getting. And that is to say very good. So um, I'm actually probably going to pick this up and read it because I'm really, really curious. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so um, again, no casting. 
no, you know, no release date, no, no, none of that. But we're looking at a potentially dark Supergirl movie here. Okay, what's up next? Uh, up next, one that seemed to generate a whole lot of excitement on the old timeline for me was we're getting a Swamp Thing movie, everybody. Um, you know, it's happening. Uh, the, you know, uh, Swamp Thing has had a low budget movies before, uh, sort of B movie stuff. There was a, the short lived TV series, uh, uh, for, uh, DC universe that, you know, uh, didn't really pan out, but now, now we were getting a full on movie here, folks. Um, uh, according to Peter Saffron, this is a film that will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing. Um, uh, it's so important to point out that in these stories, although interconnected, they're not totally the same. Each set of filmmakers brings their own aesthetic to these films, and the fun is seeing how these tonally different works mash up in the future. Um, so, there we go. We're getting a Swamp Thing movie. Uh, lots of, you know, Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing particularly is very, very, very beloved, and, uh, you know, there's a lot to do there. And um, It should be noted, the one thing we didn't cover in the beginning, and we should have touched on this, is that this first phase of the new DCU is actually has a title, and it's called Gods and Monsters. Yeah. Um, so, so... You know, here, so it seems like they're not shying away from horror stuff, which is cool. So this is like one of the monsters we're dealing with and Superman and Supergirl, theoretically gods. So kind of an interesting take there. Yeah, it's, it seems like they are like one of the ways they're trying to differentiate themselves from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's kind of strange because actually the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of just gotten into horror a little bit with Werewolf after Dark. Um, but with uh, is with. Swamp Thing and a project we're going to talk about later in the TV section called Creature Commandos. Seems like they're kind of trying to go more for like, you know, Marvel's really not doing the horror thing. Let's 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 uh, dig our feet into the horror thing. Well, and I think Marvel is dipping their toes in there, certainly with Man Thing. And then, you know, you've got Blade coming out. And, yeah. and so I think that that's definitely and especially given how hot horror has been at the box office, I think you'd be silly not to exploit what you've got in your comic library for that. But. Um, and also yeah, Pete Saffron uh, has had some experience. Pete in that Saffron's now. had some experience in that department. And he's made a lot of money in that way. So, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Cause this is one of the more interesting ones. Uh, next up we have, I'm so surprised as a movie, not a series, but this is the authority. And that may not be a name that rings true to a lot of people who weren't buying comics in the nineties, but uh, uh, this is labeled as a passion project for James Gunn. Uh, and, uh, and, and this isn't even a DC property, which is something the reason why many people were shocked to hear about this. Yeah, it is, but it isn't. So like it was a, it was a, a Wildstorm comics, uh, from the nineties. And that was, a uh, like an imprint, um, at, in, in the nineties. And, and it was created by the great Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. Um, and they were repurposing characters from a previous series called Stormwatch. Um, it's essentially like, a sort of political satire of like the extreme edginess of the nineties. And, uh, um, and like, so like the, the authority are a band of superheroes that are essentially like hell bent on saving the world. But like, even if that means like taking power from those in charge, like they're, they're not sort of like, th there's a little bit less ethicalness to them. Um, uh, and, and so Gunn had this to say about it. He said, the authority is a very different kind of superhero story. They're basically good intention, but they think the world is completely broken. And the only way to fix things is to take things into their own hands, whether that means killing people, destroying heads of state, changing governments, whatever they want to do to make the world better. Um, so, you know, uh, this is a very 
edgy sort of different kind of superhero team that will be a part of this new DCU. And, and it's a very unexpected project, but again, you know, James Gunn had a lot of success taking like a BC level team in guardians of the galaxy and making them a list. And I think what he's clearly looking to do here is, okay, sure. You've got your Batman, you've got your Superman, but you need other characters and you have a big deep bench. Let's, let's make some of these other characters, a listers. Yeah. While this announcement was so unexpected, I agree with you. It, it, it seems the most obvious for Gunn. It seems like something that is just in his wheelhouse and something he would be excited about. Um, and I, he was asked uh, later at this event about uh, Superman going into the public domain uh, in about a decade or so. Uh, we're not going to get into that. I want to get, but his answer to that, I think was interesting. Uh, he said, uh, let me find here. So there's that, but there's also, that's one of the reasons why we have Superman. And that's why we're bringing the authority into the mainstream. I mean, who would have thought 11 years ago that the two most popular rides in the world are guardians of the galaxy rides. Two most popular rides in the world are based on a comic that FN 20,000 people knew. And so being able to create these other properties, use our diamonds, our Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman to prop up our booster golds and Green Lanterns and Plastic Mans or whatever is important. So uh, I, I think he's looking at the authority as possibly like his Guardians of the Galaxy play. Yeah, and, and again, that makes sense. It's a guy that's had success with that, and I don't want to speculate much here, but if James Gunn is considering this a passion project, <laughs> I would I would guess if he's going to direct something, this might be the one that he sits in the director's chair for i don't know i but i but if i were to if i were to guess because i think the thing with batman or superman coming out in 2025 he's still got to get through guardians of the galaxy and deal with getting this slate launched i think it would be a tight fit for him to be able to then move into directing superman so quickly so i think he might need a little bit of a gap to sort of get settled and but i so i so i would wonder if that might not suit him better as a director but that's a good point. Okay, let's move on to the the final of the movie projects. Um, yeah, tech, again, you know, uh, so this this one is maybe the most interesting to me, even though these characters are not super interesting to me. As uh, we're doing the brave and the bold, uh, which is what this is going to be called. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so basically, what what we're going to have here is this is where the main so so. All of the the projects within this new DC universe are going to share a multiverse. So there is a shared multiverse here. But in the main universe we're working in, this will be where we get introduced to our new Batman, who will be the main Batman of this universe. It will not be Robert Pattinson. It will not be Ben Affleck. It will be a new uh, Batman. Uh, but the big thing here is that it will largely center on Damian Wayne's Robin, who is the kind of illegitimate son of Bruce Wayne, uh, and Talia Al Ghul, uh, he is a murderer. Uh, um, he he's a, he's an assassin, um, and a, a gun called him a little son of a bitch. Um, and uh, and so uh, this will be based on Grant Morrison's very acclaimed run on the Brave and the Bold. Um, and and uh, it, Gun refers to it as one of his favorite Batman runs. Uh, and it will be a father and son story between Bruce and Damien. Um, it will also feature other members of the Bat family, uh, with uh, Peter Safran saying, we feel like they've been left out of the Batman stories in the theater for far too long. Um, so, 
you know, we'll see. Uh, this is a very interesting way to go about this. Um, you know, Damian it- Wayne is a divisive <laughs> Robin. Some people love him. Some people hate him. It's an interesting way f- into it, you know. I mean, it, it's, again, something I did not expect. I was like, if if you're going to do a Batman, if you're going to reboot Batman, I guess you got to do it differently than we've seen the last few reboots. And how do you do that? You bring Robin into the picture. And uh, you make this about the Bat family and uh, the Brave and Bold. Uh, uh, if it, it this is actually based on that um, that run, yeah, Grant Morrison's run, yeah, yeah, yeah. People love that, so I, I don't know. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for to see a new Batman, but also to see Robin. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see who who they cast. I'm guessing we're gonna we're gonna learn about casting later this year but um oh you know before we talk about the tv series we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back okay we're back let's talk about uh the tv series that were announced um actually before the tv series did you want to talk briefly about the the other films or did you want to talk about tv series let's do let's do the tv shows first let's get through all the new stuff and then we can kind of circle back um uh, okay let me do that uh coming out of the break thing um okay we're back let's talk about the tv series that were announced yesterday w- what do you want to start with uh yeah let's do that um so uh uh again this is so uh the the, the important thing to understand about the new t- the new dc universe is again james gunn and peter saffron made it very clear that it's going to be all consuming across all multimedia and this will all be connected so all the tv shows going forward if they're not part of the DCU, they will be labeled as Elseworlds very clearly. So like the Batman part two or, um, or I'm sorry, not the Batman, but, uh, but like a, a Joker or even something like Teen Titans go was labeled as an example of something that will, you know, be labeled as an Elseworlds tale. Yeah. Um, but, but so we have five shows that were announced that will be, um, you know, part of this first wave here and uh first up is something we've been waiting a long time for it is called lanterns as in green lanterns uh and this was this was the green lantern show that has been in development for hbo max for a very long time um it has gone through several different sort of iterations but we have settled settled on lanterns uh it will center on john stewart and uh hal jordan who are you know uh, essentially like space cops uh and um uh although this is set on earth right it's terrestrial based uh so uh this was actually i've got to be totally honest with you uh i've never ever (laughs) ever been interested in green lantern uh, a day in my life i just don't care um and so uh so i uh didn't read as much into this one but it will be a terrestrial based mystery uh and uh you know uh, uh, one of the things that was said is we find this ancient corpse on earth and these guys are basically super cops on prescient earth so I think the idea is that it may like be earthbound at points, but then it will be a terrestrial based mystery. So like, so like, I don't know, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, it does it, it seem interesting in that sense. And they did sort of say that it was like, it's going to have a true detectives style to it, like where they're trying to unfold the mystery here. So that's an yeah. interesting way to go about Green Lantern, as opposed to doing, you know, a big cosmic adventure, which didn't work with Ryan Reynolds. Well, okay, let's make it, <laughs> let's do something else. You know, again, pretty unexpected. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm interested. Um, and I'm also interested, like, how is this going to tie into the greater DCU? 
but the next one is the the, the one that like I, I don't know it, it's it, again another unexpected choice booster gold tell me about the, booster gold now this should not be unexpected to anyone who's been paying attention to dc universe for a while because they have had a booster gold they've been trying to get a booster gold thing made forever uh the, back in like 2011 sci-fi signed up to do a show that didn't go there was two or three different writers that were going to try to make a movie, including Arrowverse architect Greg Berlanti at one point. And that was around the time that Batman v Superman came out. So everything was a mess. Uh, but so Booster Gold is getting a show now. Um, and uh, yeah, so so we're finally getting live action Booster Gold. Um, uh, James Gunn had this to say about it. Um, I think of it basically as a as the story of a superhero with imposter syndrome. And how do you deal with that? How does he try to use his future technology to be loved by people today? And I guess it is worth mentioning that uh, uh, if you're not familiar with Booster Gold, he is a guy from the future named Michael John Carter who uses his what is basically very basic technology in the future to go back to the past to become a superhero. Um, and he's like pretends to be a superhero. And and so, you know, he's kind of like this loser in his time. But if he can go back to the past, he can be a hero. And so that's this kind is of the such idea. a great concept for a TV series. It's Booster Gold. I've not read a lot of Booster Gold, but he is always like, because I'm not as much of a DC guy. I read a lot more Marvel. I'd say my Marvel's like, you know, it's like 18. You know, if you take 20 comics, I read like 18 will be Marvel and two would be DC or something like yeah. I read very little. DC, Same. But 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 um, Booster Gold's always a character that's fascinated me. And, and I think this is going to kick me to sort of, um, you know, read read some booster gold uh but also he's been associated with blue beetle a lot over the years and obviously we have a blue beetle movie coming so that's an interesting possibility there but um gun also called it a character study and added that it's going to be a very different type of show again with most of these no casting yet nothing like that yeah. no word on a release date anything like that but the i will say that i think the success of this show is going to be highly dependent on the actor that they cast as booster gold as is often the case. Yeah. Um, but, but I do think that like of all of the stuff they announced, I think like, you know, there's going to be a lot of characters. You're going to, you're going to have actors lining out the door to try to play, you know, green lantern, but like, cause that's like one of the last like a list superheroes that hasn't really been nailed. And like having the opportunity to be the guy to nail green lantern. I get that. But I think booster gold for like, if most actors are looking at what's a meteor part, you know, I think like, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of people that are like, yo, let me be booster gold um <laughs> for years nathan fillion was pegged as the guy to be booster gold he's aged out of it a bit i think but uh a nathan fillion type might be you know uh what you're looking for here um not much more to say about that at the moment but but that's 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 one i th expect a lot of people to be excited about i was also thinking nathan fillion although i feel like he's getting up in the age range when they're trying to lock down younger actors now so yeah that was that was said somewhere um i i forgot the quote but basically yeah they are uh like even dave bautista said that because you know he yeah. was asked about playing bane or whatever and he said they're trying to go younger like obviously because i think the thing is you're you're uh there was another point jeff snyder on his podcast recently said that um they're looking to lock actors into 10-year contracts because they want the same actors to not only even be in the movies and the tv shows but to voice these characters in video games so like, you know, that they're, you know, so, so you're going to have to look at actors that are willing to, you know, like the days of Marvel old, you know, sign up for the long haul. And, and I get that. So. Okay. Uh, next up, let's talk about Creature Commandos, which is an animated 
uh, part of their TV plan. But we should also mention that like you just mentioned a second ago that the actors that are going to be playing the live action versions might appear in animated or video games. And it's going to be the same is they're going to try to have the same actor voice, those characters. Yeah. So that's the, these that, just because you're doing creature commandos as animated doesn't mean that these characters can't appear in live action. No, it does not. And, and that's the thing is that, is that, um, you know, again, there might be situations that you run into where you might not be able to, but, but guns seem very much like the plan is to get these people on board. So like, um, you know, that's that's the idea. There's a lot there. Um, so so Creature Commandos, let's go over this. Uh, this is a gun wrote this himself. It's the only animated series on the slate. It will be seven episodes. It is already in production. So this will very likely be the first thing we see. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, you know, the title of this slate, uh, this first phase is Gods and Monsters. So this sort of fits that. Um uh, uh, and it shows Amanda Waller creating a black ops team out of monstrous prisoners. So this is like a, a different take on Task Force X. Task Force X. Uh, as for the lineup here, um, uh, we're going to have Rick Flag Senior, as in uh, Joel Kinnaman's character's dad, uh, Nina Mazursky, Doctor Phosphorus, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, GI Robot, and none other than Weasel, who you will be familiar yes. with from the Suicide Squad. Um, so that is one hell of an interesting lineup, particularly with Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein being in there. And um, apparently Bride of Frankenstein is going to kind of be the leader of the team, um, I guess. Um, so uh, uh, Gunn had this to say, uh, Creature Commandos is based on the great uh, team from DC. What we're doing with the DCU is we're having animation tied directly to live action. Television, movies, games, all intertwined within the same universe. We're going to cast actors that are going to be able to play the characters in this as well as in other things, some of which we've already cast. I've written all seven episodes of the show in production. So that's the first thing, and I love it. Um, that's, again, not a lot more right now. But so yeah. what's interesting is whoever's going to get... I was going to say, yeah, I'd be willing to bet that he wrote this before he was the head of DC. Oh, I would bet. I would bet. Because yeah. he talked about how he had a couple of other um, projects in the works after Peacemaker, and I'm betting this was one of them, and... And it makes sense that this is something that you could fold into what his other plans are. Uh, I think the Rick Flag senior of all of this is very interesting. Like, because I, I imagine whoever you get to voice him in this show, he's obviously probably going to be the guy you you bring into the, you know, so I, I don't know, you picture a guy maybe like Stephen Lang or something, you know, being yeah. like, you know, Rick Flag senior, which that might be like low hanging fruit casting, but it does seem, um, you know seems appropriate but a guy like that then you got a then you got your rick flag senior out there um but yeah I mean, so that seems like fun I'm, I'm on board for that for sure yeah i'm excited for that and i'm you, you know what like not not that everything needs to be connected to make make it be feel worthy like i hate the like you know is it canon is it not canon but there is some kind of gravitas that does get thrown to a story when it feels like it's more like it's a bigger piece to a bigger puzzle if that makes uh, sense i just got a the a hollywood reporter news alert and this is worth i was gonna put this in superhero bits today but james mangold on twitter had posted a swamp thing uh poster and sure yeah. enough just got a notice from hollywood reporter he's in talks to direct swamp thing so james mangold director of logan and the upcoming uh indiana jones 5 is possibly going to be our swamp thing director wow okay so that's pretty big deal. That's pretty yeah. big deal. I just thought that was worth mentioning since we're going over all this. 
definitely. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of talent uh, James Gunn and Pete Saffron are going to be able to get for these projects. And uh, if, if James Mangold is any indication. You're already starting high there. So I yeah. feel like, you know, James Mangold made one of the best superhero movies of all time without question. Uh, Logan is one of those movies that like that ascends the conversation that ascends the superhero movie conversation like that is genuinely a phenomenal piece of cinema um yeah. so you know yeah you get that guy making swamp thing it's pretty compelling <laughs> okay uh let's move on to I, I think this might be one of the biggest surprises of the announced slate and that is wonder woman uh part of the trinity is is not going to be getting a movie but instead is going to be getting a tv series yeah, so there's a prequel TV series called Paradise Lost, um, which will focus on the island where Woman Woman was born and raised, which is uh, Themyscira is typically uh, what, what you might know that island as. Um, so it figures to be pretty tonally different from what we saw in the Patty Jenkins directed movie starring Gal Gadot. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so it's a bit, bit of a different thing. Um, yeah, Gal, uh, Gal is producing this. I'm not sure if that's just like, you know, we're not making the movies. We'll give you a producer credit on this new thing or or, or whatnot. But um, but she's involved in some sense. Well, and also, so I'll get into this in a second. So it's kind of smart because they're not actually ruling her out in the future because it, it's said to take place before Diana was even born. So so before Diana Prince, aka Wonder Woman, was even born. So you could, in theory, have Gal Gadot, be, you know, be be born later and whatever blah 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 but uh some of the ideas behind the series are uh this involves all the darkness and drama and political intrigue behind the society of only women it's an origin story a way of how did the society of women come about what does it mean what are their politics like what are their rules who's in charge what are all the games that they play with each other to get on top this is more of like a political drama centered on the island of themiscira um so that's kind of an interesting idea and again it doesn't rule out Gogadot you know, entirely. So, you know, that's, an, I, I always forget how to say her name. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. I apologize if I am, but, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that I, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this one. It's not particularly interesting to me, but um, I'm, I, you know, it's, it's, it's more interesting to me than like another Wonder Woman movie, certainly. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check it out for sure. In uh, the last of the TV shows, this also rings to me like something that was already in development before uh, James Gunn became the head of dc but like you know having him the head of dc he's able to be like yeah let's move this forward from development into production uh and that is a tv series based on viola davis's character waller tell us about that yeah yeah so this this isn't a very big surprise because this was already kind of this leaked in like the trades of, of, of a couple months ago i think um, so, uh, yeah, Viola Davis, uh, the head uh, who plays Amanda Waller, the head of Task Force, Task Force X, um, it, this is just called Waller. Uh, she's going to be in a live action TV show. This is kind of like Peacemaker 1.5, it sounds like. Um, characters from Peacemaker, from Team Peacemaker are going to be in here. Um, and I don't know who yet, but it, it, James Gunn said it basically follows up Peacemaker, um, uh, essentially like James Gunn, I, I forget where the quote was, but he's like, I don't have time to make Peacemaker 2 right now. Peacemaker season two. So like Peacemaker season two isn't necessarily out of the question, but like this is more or less going to fill that hole. Um, uh, so uh, what's interesting is here is that we have Watchmen writer uh, Crystal Henry and Doom Patrol showrunner Jeremy Carver are kind of heading this up. So you have some really 
talented folks heading this one up. And uh, they have this incredibly marvelous story worked out. And I think it's really fantastic and H- that HBO loves gun tease. Um, so, you know, we've got some big talent here. Viola Davis is, I don't know if anyone's going to argue against her being one of the best we've got. I mean, she is, <laughs> you know, having her as Amanda Waller is, and giving her like the chance to actually like lead a show. That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, I think Viola Davis, I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I like for my money, she could be the best actress working today like that i i don't know like it's 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 tough but she's she's in that conversation so so having her do this is uh, obviously i'm there like that's you know that's pretty that's pretty good yeah she's amazing uh who would have thought if i told you two three years ago ryan that like you know <laughs> two three years in the future they're gonna basically abandon all the plans that they had for Zack Snyder's DC universe and the most of the what survives is going to be just from Suicide Squad. I mean, <laughs> what, what, yeah, what survives? I mean, because, like, I you know, Weasel and Creature Commandos, and there was also, uh, what's his name's dad uh, in the uh, Creature Commandos. There's Waller. From, so it's, it's just funny that, like, that's, like, I mean, Gunn was involved with the, the sequel, so it makes sense. But it does make sense. And, and, and again, I think so. Like he, he had some quote about like, you know, how is this all going to work once the universe is reset? And like, you know, he talked about like it, you know, the mem- the events of like the suicide squad would be like a hazy memory or something. So he's finding a way to justify the, you know, keeping these characters in there. But, um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But, but, uh, but yeah, so should we move on to, um, what we've got on the slate? before James Gunn's new era kicks in? Yes. Okay, so first up is Shazam! Fury of the Gods. This comes out on March 17th. And he didn't really say much about this. He said that, um, quote, Shazam! has always been off kind of on his own part, been off kind of in his own part of the DCU. So he connects very well. So basically he's saying he connects because he doesn't connect. Right? Yeah, more or less like because it because there's not as much baggage there. So you can, um, you know, uh, sort of like shoehorn that in. Um, I will say um, if we should address Zachary Levi got into a little bit of heat over the weekend, um, seemingly posting some anti-vax, anti-Pfizer stuff on Twitter Um, that was addressed by James Gunn, like very directly. Uh, he said, uh, actors and filmmakers that I work with are going to say things that I agree with and things I don't agree with. Uh, and that's going to happen. I don't have a list of things that somebody should say because of what I think. And, you know, I can't be changing my plans all the time because an actor says something that I don't agree with. Um, by the same token, if somebody's doing something morally reprehensible, then that's a different story. We have to take all that stuff into account. It's a balance. It's a modern world. And it's a different place. So, you know, I. I I don't, I have my own thoughts on this depending on, you know, but, but I mean, that's so it doesn't, it doesn't seem like James Gunn and, you know, as a man now, to be fair, James Gunn is a man who endured some controversy himself and kind of came out on the other side and, you know, so he might have some sympathy for someone saying something. Um, uh, But anyway, that, you know, so, so, so be it. That's, that's kind of where he seems to fall on this stuff. Yeah. And I, we should say in all fairness that, it, Zachary Levi said something that seemed was seemingly anti-vax and then came out and clarified his statement, which 
could have been backtracking. I don't know. But I just want to put out there that it's not as black and white as uh, he is anti-vax. We don't know. Right. That's so. what I'm saying. It's, it's like I, I was trying to illustrate that it sort of seemed that way and people yeah. read it that way. But anyway, so it's just yeah. something worth noting because people are absolutely going to jump on that. But, you know, so James Gunn did address that very directly. Yeah. And uh, that'll lead into The Flash, June 16th. And uh, James Gunn called this effing amazing. It's truly one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Uh, Andy did a great job, and I'm really excited for everybody to see it. And I think the uh, the most interesting thing here is he confirmed uh, our suspicions. It's going to reset everything, unquote. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is they had filmed a ton of cameos for this. Like Henry Cavill was supposed to be in it. Gal Gadot was supposed to be in it. <laughs> I've done a ton of reshoots on this thing. I've said before, I feel so bad for Andy Muschietti, the director. He directed like it and it chapter two. And then like, this was his big, you know, superhero movie. And this thing has clearly been a nightmare. And, uh, and I, I mean, I, it's amazing. Cause all I've heard, I can't, let's just say that it, I've also maybe heard from rumblings that this thing is pretty amazing. Um, despite the Ezra Miller of it all, the movie is supposedly like, like a list top tier superhero movie goods. So, you know, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> we get Michael Keaton's Batman again. Come on. That's, you know, I mean, uh, hopefully it, it can kind of overcome the, the PR nightmare of it all. If it's really this good. And Pete Saffron was asked about that PR nightmare. And if Ezra would have a place going in the DCU going forward. And his quote was, let's see what happens. Ezra is fully committed to recovering right now. And we talk to them. We're in constant contact. But then, but when the time is right, we'll have the conversation with them and decide what's best for both them personally and also uh, for us. Yeah. So, and again, if those people don't know, Ezra Miller has had some very highly public troubles, some you know, uh, criminal yes. charges, uh, all kinds of problems, and it's 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 a rough situation it's not like one little thing it's been it's been a lot and it's been constant so um and i, I we should mention that ezra's uh pronoun is them i incorrectly yeah, the, on a, a previous by, show said yeah. he it, them and so that's why he keeps on saying them if it's yeah, but, at all but strange. so so warner brothers has been fighting with you know what do we do with the flash movie because of all this ezra miller stuff and Ezra Miller entered uh, treatment of some kind uh, several months back. And um, so look, they have some options, right? Like you can release this movie, you get your reset button. Um, and then, okay, maybe the Ezra Miller thing doesn't work out. We've had superhero roles recast in the past. You can just recast the role after this movie comes out. If you absolutely have to, um, you, you know, uh, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, I, I don't want to speculate too much, but, um, you know, it's, it's, that's a possibility. So the, you know, Dylan O'Brien's sitting out there, everybody, you know, he, he'd probably be happy, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but, um, but yeah, so one way or the other, it, it seems like they're going to take a wait and see approach, but the way that I see it, they're not dead in the water one way or the other, because you can recast. That's a possibility. Um, okay, next up is Blue Beetle. This is coming out on August 18th. And uh, again, James Gunn praises this entry as being totally disconnected. So it works. Right. 
<laughs> it's that simple. And I don't think any, the one thing I will say about Blue Beetle, it does seem like the studio is really high on it. Like, it seems like what they've seen, they really like, you know, this was originally supposed to be an HBO Max movie, but they decided to bump it up to a theatrical release. You know, let's keep in mind that Batgirl was also eyed as an HBO Max movie, and they scrapped that all together. So, you know, what they've seen with Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle must be very encouraging. And uh, lastly, before Chapter 1 begins, we have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which comes out December 25th. Yeah, not much was said about that, but like, you know, I think that one's pretty connected, you know, because you still have like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. So, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. But then basically that's the end of it. And then you really get into the new DCU of it all. Yeah. Um Okay, let's let's talk uh, broadly about this phase, Chapter One, Gods and Monsters, because they kind of revealed a bunch of stuff. We you mentioned Elseworlds earlier, where you know there's the Batman Chapter Two or Batman Part Two. Sorry, Batman Part Two and Joker. Does Joker Two have a title, or is it just Joker? 2? Joker Folly Ado. Ah, uh, <laughs> never gonna remember that. Um, but okay, so these are going to be somehow. It's, it's the quote is we're we're going to make it clear that those are DC Elseworlds, just the same way that they're doing in the comic books. He doesn't go out and say it, but that to me reads like they're going to have their own logo before the movie. Yeah, I would I would imagine so, and that's fine. I mean, Elseworlds tales have existed in comics for decades, and DC's done that arguably better than anyone else. So why not? Yeah, at the same time, he also says the Batman uh, Part 2 will not become uh, the ugly stepchild of of the DCU. Or the, uh, the uh, he didn't say ugly stepchild, the stepchild. Yeah, but obviously they can't, right? Because the Batman was a huge success and people really liked it. So you kind of have to embrace that even if they're going to have a different Batman, right? Like you, they don't have a choice. For sure. Like, they, like from a studio perspective, that was the one I would I would bet you any money in the universe, but I would bet you anything that James Gunn would have loved to have not had a very successful Superman come out just before he started doing this. But it is what it is. Yeah. OK. Uh, James Gunn also explained how the DC universe will be different than the MCU. Um, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, the Cliff Notes version is the reason why he loves DC universes. It's really another universe. It's an alternate world. So Marvel, generally, it's set in New York, Chicago, San Francisco. You know, there's fictional worlds like uh, Wakanda, but those are uh, far in between here. Uh, so the DCU uh, has Metropolis, has Gotham, has, you know, Atlantis. It has all sorts of worlds. So he thinks that that's going to be one of the differentiating factors uh, but also, uh, he he knows that people are going to compare it because they have a huge central story, just like the MCU. Uh, I'm going to give you a quote here. Except for, I think that we're a lot more planned out than Marvel from the beginning because we've gotten a group of writers together to work that story out completely. For also creating a universe that is like you know Star Wars, where there's different times, different places, different things. Or like Game of Thrones, where characters are a little bit more morally complex. So, what what do you think? Uh, what do you read from all that? I don't know. I just that that all sounds like gobbledygook to me. Where it's like, where it's <laughs> like you're just like you know, it's like you're just saying things. 
it's it's obviously similar in some ways to what Marvel is doing. Um, yeah. We're just taking all of the lessons they learned over time and applying them now. Um, and that's fine. That's totally fine. I think the important thing here is that they're going into this with a plan, which for as much as Zack Snyder had a bit of a plan before, you know, I don't know. I, I think the only thing right here is putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Um, you have to be worried, you know, um, um, weary of that, you know, announcing so much. Cause like, you know, Marvel started with Iron Man and there was also a Hulk movie, but all they had were these little tags at the end of the movies to kind of, you know, sort of tease that this might all connect at some point. Yeah. But, you know, here they're pretty much saying, here's all of it. And, and we should mention, you know, one of the first films, Captain America, the first Avenger was a film that didn't take place in chronology he says that's one of the things that differentiates that i feel like marvel hasn't really done that much since but um that's uh i don't know i think it's a little silly saying dc is different because it doesn't take place in the real world because metropolis and uh gotham <laughs> i mean they're basically just versions of the real world no I see, I've, but i i actually agree with james gunn on that i've always thought dc felt very different for very clearly existing in in a, in a world that is not ours. Um, I've yeah. always thought that about DC, whereas like Marvel, even in, in the like, you know, places like Wakanda that don't exist, you sort of buy that they exist like in a version of our world. And, and I've always, I actually agree with James Gunn on that, that it always did feel different. Fair enough. Um, James Gunn says that one of the differences, uh, he wants his DC universe to elevate writers again and make sure that scripts are ready before they shoot, which, <laughs> I think there's a lot of speaking towards what went wrong with the the previous D version of DC, right? Like they had release dates that they had to meet before they had scripts that were ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He he was what one of the things I appreciated about both him and Saffron is they were very honest. Um, they they had some things to say about the previous regime, and they were like, it was messed up, it didn't work, there were problems. You know, I think it helps that they acknowledge that. And like, and the one thing I we're maybe not going to talk about is that, you know, Peter Safran had some pretty blunt things to say about Batgirl. He was like, yeah, that movie was not releasable. I agree with what David Zaslav did. And like, <laughs> look, I, 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 again, I think it sucks what happened, but I think Peter Safran as a producer has illustrated very good judgment in, in terms of like, what an audience may or may not show up for and what will or will not work. And you know, if that guy's saying that, I mean, you know, eh, I mean, that's, you know, that's something to, that's something to take into account here. Yeah. I'll read the quote here. Batgirl's character that inevitably will be included in our story. I saw the unreleased movie and there was a, a lot of incredibly talented people in front of and behind the camera on that film, but the film was not releasable and it happens sometimes. It, I actually think that Zasloff and the team made a very bold and courageous decision to cancel it because it would have hurt DC. It would have hurt those people involved. So that's a bold thing to say to like, say like to, <laughs> to come out and say like, this will damage the brand. Um, uh, I mean, well, not just damage the brand, but also damage the people involved, the, the filmmakers right. in front like, and behind like, the camera. Like, I, I mean, look, man, that's to just come out and say that is pretty bold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What else did they say? Uh, 
they said the new DC universe uh, will be PG thirteen or mature, depending on the story. So they, and that it like, could be like film or TV, depending on the story, right? Like it'll they'll determine the medium and the rating given the medium, yeah, or so given what gu- that story dictates. Yeah, Gunn said storytelling is a hundred percent king. So if it's a story that can be told in a three act structure. But if it's more complicated, like the Lantern story is, or more complicated, like the Waller thing, or is more kind of an independent TV vibe, like Booster Gold, in a way, then that's more suited for television. So it has to do with tone. It has to do with storytelling. Uh, We're going to give every story what it deserves. I mean, some things we know, Superman is definitely something we would like to be PG-13, I'm sure that it is. Other things like Waller TV show is a little bit more mature. We have other things that are going to be a little bit more tame towards young women or kids and still within this world, but but kind of feeds everything back into the Supermans and the Braves and the Molds. I mean, all that makes sense to me. So uh, I like that it's not like they're not trying to create like this one consistent vision for everything that it, yeah. it could be i think you read the quote earlier where uh you know uh even though it's uh, already here even though it's an all this is all a connected universe it's important to me that the individual writers and directors that are on the project give their own self-expression to it just like the comics uh so basically when everything comes together that's part of the fun is like it's these different styles and different you know characters coming together it it makes it more of a fun thing so i i i I like i like that take on things a lot a hundred percent okay uh a bunch of the stuff we've already covered so all the new dc movies tv shows and games will share a multiverse uh you wrote an article on this yeah, I wrote uh, that the video games will be in continuity with the film and television stuff. And so, like, the idea is that, as James Gunn put it, there will be, like, stories, you know, that, like, they will look to tell that, like, okay, so, you know, you've got Superman comes out and then you've got Supergirl that's going to... So here's what he said. I'll just go directly with the quote. <laughs> um, uh, what's very different about it for us, for DC, it's not like we're going to have Superman come out and then we have, uh, and then we have the Superman game come out. It's more like we have Superman come out Two years later, we have Supergirl coming out. So what's the story in between there? Is there a crypto game that we can play that comes in between that's still set in the world with these characters? But that is its own thing to sort of give the games the prominence they deserve. So like, you know, you might have some in-between stories uh, that will better suit games, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, it, it is. So like we have a game like Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League coming out this year that was before james gunn's tenure so that's just its own thing but presumably games that come out later will be labeled very clearly as like hey this ties into stuff yeah and i think uh we also mentioned that ben affleck could direct a dc universe film uh here's the quote from gunn he says "Uh, we're working with ben affleck who really wants to be and has been part of our architectural team trying to bring things together and he really wants to direct one of our projects we're excited for him doing that but this is the story of damien wayne who is batman's actual son who he didn't know existed for the first eight to ten years of his life so it, it sounds like he's not directing the the brave and the bold but he could be directing another one of the movies 
Yeah, and I would guess because him and Matt Damon launched that production company somewhat recently, and I would guess it would make a ton of sense for them to like partner with someone like Warner Brothers in DC, right? To like, okay, so we can use this like if we get our production banner attached to one of these DC movies, like that could be helpful. My, I, I Ben Affleck smart enough. I think that might be what they're going to try to do. do. Do you think it makes sense for Ben Affleck to direct any of the projects announced? Uh, ben Affleck uh, is like what three for four for directing for me, but like three for four in a huge way. Um, yeah. I will watch Ben Affleck direct anything. Um, I, I I mean, the town over time has become maybe one of my all time favorite movies uh, that do, the, I mean, I, you know, live by night was a real tragedy, but like anything shy of that. So if he wants to direct, I mean, Brave and the Bold would be the one I'd really like to see. him. Do. I know, but he see, seemingly it says that he's not going to be doing that. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, you know what? I mean, oh, I mean, there's God Ben Ben Affleck, Superman. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a cool idea. I would because yeah. he just finished up that Nike movie that's coming out this year, so he could in theory have time for that. I mean, oh, I and then like he him... puts himself in the movie a little bit, like maybe he's Pa Kent or something. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, in, it, uh, it, let, let's not forget that Ben Affleck actually played Superman, kind of in kind Hollywoodland. Of. Kind of, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, Ben Affleck, Superman, that's a way to get me excited about Superman. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I like, could also no, see him doing Swamp Thing. I could, that could be interesting. Well, but I mean, we got Mangold, so I think that's pretty sad. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. I, for, I completely forgot that that was announced. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no, but yeah. So, so yeah. So I think, I think, um, yeah, I could totally see Ben Affleck doing, again, something. I don't know. And again, you also got to keep in mind, these are just the project they announced now, right? Like, that's not to say that there isn't going to be something else. Um, you like, you know, there, there could be other stuff that, that is announced that we don't know about that Ben Affleck could be good for. Yeah. He also said that this is not the full chapter one. This is just the first five projects or five films and five TV shows of chapter one, but there's going to be more to chapter one gods and monsters. So We'll be learning about that in the coming. Yeah, because there was one. He did have one quote. I don't have the article, but he said he can't even tease his the project he's most excited about because even teasing it would totally give away what it is. So there's something else on the burner that he's particularly excited about. And I'm guessing that might be their big crossover movie or something. Um, But like whatever that is, he seems to be pretty stoked about. So. Okay, Ryan, what are your final thoughts on all the stuff that was announced yesterday? Well, what do you think about the future of DCU? Are you excited? Are you less excited? I spent a good chunk of time mentioning that I'm not as much of a DC guy, but I got to say, this is compelling to me. It's a very interesting slate. I love the talent they're working with. Um, I feel more optimistic about DC than I have in a long time. Um, and, and, you know, like, I know James Gunn is not, like, an executive historically, but... I think the the combination of him and Peter Saffron, who is an executive and does have that experience, I really think they clearly make a good team here. And I do think, you know, I know it's a lot to announce and I know it's a lot to plan and I know they're sort of investing a lot into this, but cautiously optimistic. I think they made some unexpected choices here, some interesting choices. And even as a non-DC guy, but a huge James Gunn guy, I'm in on this. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to be excited because I, I, I kind of lost steam for the Zack Snyder verse, but I will say that I am kind of shocked at most of these announcements. I was, I was kind of expecting the phase one of whatever gun and saffron had to 
I guess be kind of more like what we've gotten in the past where it's these big heroes that eventually lead to a superhero team up film, which I know is probably coming at the end of chapter one at some point, but it just seems so all over the place with like swamp thing and Superman and authority. But I think that's and, smart though. I think that's smart because you yeah. could have someone go watch swamp thing. That might be like more of a creature feature guy and they don't necessarily have to care about the authority. You know, yeah. like I think like where Marvel sort of makes you think you have to care about everything. And I think what's interesting here is it's pretty clear, like, no, you could just watch that animated creature commando show and, you know, not necessarily have to be concerned with anything else if you don't want to be. Yeah, I, I think I think that this uh, slate is bold. I think it's a bold swing. And I, I appreciate that. I will say that I, I, I feel like I'm a little less excited than I thought I was going to be once the things were announced. But, uh, you know, I think I'll I'll there, there's not one project here that I'm like. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really a big, big into the Suicide Squad universe, so I'm not sure if I really care about Waller. Although Viola Davis, I don't know. All well, that's what compels me. That's yeah. what compels me is like the idea that like Viola Davis leading a show now. She's not just part of it. She's like, you know, because again, you have someone that talented leading a show. Come on. Yeah, I, I can't I can't say that any of these projects on this list are something I'm not going to give a chance to. So what, what what is the one I know you're not like because I'm with you. I'm not as much of a DC guy. So none of these like super duper jump out at me. But what's the one that you look at this and you're like, yes, that's the one I got my eye on. <laughs> I don't know. I I think oh, that's tough. I, I think the brave and the bold because we I'm have not you. seen. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. That's so compelling to me. Yeah, we haven't seen the Bat Family. We haven't seen Robin. We haven't. It's going to be a dysfunctional kind of relationship there. I think it's a new dynamic, but also, you know, I love Batman. Batman's my favorite. So I think that just is why I'm getting pulled and I into don't that like one. Batman, but I'm like, ugh. Like, I like the world <laughs> he inhabits. And that's interesting. It's such a like, because like, that's, I think it's like, you know, you've been trying to figure out what's a new way into Batman. What's in, this is such a new way in. And like, I'm really, that compels me. Like uh, if booster gold was a movie, that would be the thing I was most excited about. Cause I'm not, we've talked many times as not, not a much of a TV guy, but yeah. booster gold would be next for me of like, because that, that premise is so good. Like that booster gold premise is so good. So those are the two that I think I'm. Do, do you think in the brave and the bold that we're going to see uh, Bruce's parents get killed again? I, have we talked about my most disrespectful movie theater moment when I was watching Joker? No. Okay. So when I saw Joker, so. a, a movie I really did not like, um, I, toward the end of that movie, if there was ever a DC movie where you did not have to rehash, Hey, did you know Bruce Wayne's parents are dead? Um, like, like, <laughs> the, like there's the moment at the end of the movie where yeah. we actually do go through those motions again. And I groaned out loud, so loud. In my Alamo Draft House 35 millimeter screening of Joker, that like I had like two rows of people look back at me. Um, I I just couldn't handle it, and so yeah, no, please do not remind me that Bruce Wayne's parents are dead. I'm over. Yeah, it. they also didn't need to do it in Batman vs Superman, but they they did it. Boy, that so. one's got a that one's that one frustrates <laughs> the hell out of me though because you have like uh, uh, Batman's dad like going for the gun, like he tries to be the hero, and that almost like derails uh, the whole thing because he's kind of a douche like it's like dude no come on that's like that that you know batman could just be like oh yeah my dad was wrong and then like he's not batman <laughs> but like whatever anyway we have over 30 articles on the site 
about this. There's so much that we didn't cover. Uh, Aaron has an article, the new DC universe slate is weird as heck. And that's for the best. I'll, I'll link all of them in the show notes. You can find more of all of our work at slashroom.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at slashroom.com and rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.